The following guided meditation was given at Common Ground Meditation Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota. So as we normally do, we'll begin by chanting the refuges slowly, as is our tradition for these Buddhist studies courses. So I just pasted the link there in the uh, chat for those who need it online. Posture 
is a microcosm of how to be skillful in this sensual world. If we're looking to find the right posture as if it's going to make us happy, we're going to be endlessly fidgeting and adjusting because it will never be perfect. And on the other hand, if we just give up on the posture as if, well, it's never going to be perfect, so why even bother? Well, that doesn't work either. So being with the physicality of sitting is a perfect laboratory for learning a thing or two about how to be wisely present in this sensual world. Because we've all learned in so many little and big ways how to create health for ourselves and our sensual experiences. advantages of sitting for a period of time in a quiet room in a way that cultivates alertness so we're not falling asleep so much. So that it really brings to the fore all of that restlessness uh, trying to get a nice experience, trying to have a nice experience. Because we're on purpose holding the body still and not looking around. Precisely because we're not acting out our desires, we can notice desire a little bit more easily. The impulse to plan is often the acting out of a desire. The problem solving. And all the little tendencies to adjust the posture, looking for more comfort. One of the things we notice when we're sitting for a period of time is we can more clearly see the torment of our addiction to sense experience. Because for this 30 minute period, 
renouncing so much doing, right? We're just sitting relatively still, reverberations of craving, of wanting, and not wanting, just stand out. I might have mentioned that Gail Fronstall calls this, these two tendencies of wanting and not wanting, the caffeine of the soul. It's often the animating quality of the mind and the body. And sometimes the wanting and not wanting themselves, those patterns, are what the mind is identified with. Not so much what we want or what we don't want, but the wanting and the not wanting itself the juiciness of that self-centered activity of wanting and not wanting. It's as if we feel a little naked without the mind wanting or not wanting. So this is another (coughs) important part of our sitting practice is we can take a new and fresh look at that space when wanting and not wanting quiets down or drops away for a while. And instead of interpreting that space that's empty of wanting and not wanting, instead of pathologizing it as something's missing or something's wrong, we can open to it in a fresh way and maybe appreciate the peacefulness, the contentedness, appreciate that it's empty of wanting and not wanting. Developing a taste for something that initially is unfamiliar and then realizing, oh, this feels good. Maybe this is the way. But we have to let the wanting and the not wanting, those deep habits, fall away on their own through the non-identification, non-attachment to those patterns. We just let them come and go, come and go until a little quieter, not as intense, and maybe not there at all in moments. And that's such an interesting question for us during this set, just to be interested in the mind when it's temporarily free of the wanting and not wanting. Be really curious about the quality of that mind feel into that space that's empty of wanting and not wanting. 
finally, before some quiet time, you might find it really useful to rely on the pleasantness of interest in the present moment. as a way of supporting this investigation into the craving, the wanting mind, the not wanting mind. to control anything, just noticing the ordinary and almost never-ending arising of desire, the desire to swallow, the desire to think, to move. arising of the wanting mind, the arising of the not wanting mind, and also aware of the passing away or the cessation of each of those wants and those not wanting. almost like we're a wise naturalist in the forest of our own experience, observing the wild mind, conditioned mind that's here, 
And without judgment, without any need to control, we just observe the mind in its natural setting, which is sensuality, and how it relates, how it reacts, what it does, what it doesn't do. The creature we're observing is quite sensitive, and it has these particular patterns of relating with craving, with wanting and not wanting. We just want to see this honestly and clearly in this relatively simple environment. becomes restless or agitated, then put more emphasis in noticing how pleasant it is to be present, to be interested, to have some continuity of present moment awareness. There is a subtle pleasure in being present, and that helps in a way to soothe the observer. Brings in more patience, more capacity to be relaxed and alert. It's in the nature of the conditioned mind to want and to not want. So we're not feeling obliged to fix or get rid of, simply observing all those subtle and not so subtle intentions to get something, to get rid of, 
the little and not so little ways, the mind is inclined to get more comfort in the sitting posture or get rid of discomfort in the sitting posture. The same goes with the pleasantness of some thoughts and the unpleasantness of other thoughts. Wanting more of the pleasant ones, wanting to ditch the unpleasant thoughts or mental images. to recognize how this pervasive interest is a real counterweight to the mind getting pulled back into its identification with wanting and not wanting. That's not the same as observing when the mind is identified. having a scientific or clinical way of observing the wanting and not wanting mind.
as we get closer to the end of the set, you might observe a desire to move the body or desire for the sit to be over, or the opposite, the desire, a desire for the sit to continue. of what we need to learn and the real one of the main purposes of cultivating this stable continuous present moment awareness is to better understand the nature of desire it's not about repressing desire getting rid of it it's about understanding what it is and what it isn't. Just through this fresh and patient observation. And it's always happening. It's always operating desire. So the laboratory always comes with us, whatever the moment is, wherever we are. For just the last couple minutes, just curious about this force of desiring, to really see it as a natural and impersonal force, of course, there are desires. Relatively wholesome desiring, relatively unwholesome desiring, probably the whole spectrum. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.